God is good. Amen. I'm going to get right to the prayer and then uh, get started here. Uh, Father, I thank you for your word, Lord, that there's life in it, Lord, there's truth in it. And um, I pray, Lord, that uh, you would take uh, the scripture in uh, Matthew 6 and uh, give it fresh life, Lord, where it's needed. And um, Lord, I pray, Lord, even just the very words that you spoke, Lord, would have the same kind of impact, but that you'd contextualize it for our own hearts, that we would be able to grow in the way that we're called to grow. So, Lord, I just give you praise. I thank you for your faithfulness, Lord, your closeness, your intimacy, Lord, who you are. Lord, you're so good. You're so good, Lord. Thank you for your incredible provision. Lord, tangible, but Lord, the overall overarching cross that just gives us access to your kingdom and, uh, Lord, provides an eternity that's secure and a relationship that's secure. I pray that you would uh, just open our eyes and heart so that we can grow in you. In Jesus' name, if you agree, can you say amen? Amen. amen. Um, my, it, we're going through a, a series called The Power of the Gospels and really looking just through the Gospels and some of the powerful messages that Jesus preached. Uh, Matthew 6, uh, for those of you who may not know it, it's, it's one of the, the long messages that Jesus has there. Uh, you know, it starts off with the, you know, do not worry about your life. And he makes all these statements about how you should pursue righteousness. And um, if you're, if there's needy people around you, don't announce it with the trumpets. If you pray, don't go out on the street to pray so you can be seen by people. And then he, he actually does the Lord's Prayer in here, which we will follow up with in a week, next week, couple weeks. And then um, he gets into this heart of this message, which is seek him first. And it's amazing because God can be so close to us and so accessible to us, but we may not realize or we may miss him um, because our hearts are distracted or um, for some unbelief. Uh, they've seen so much disappointment that they don't want to turn to God because they'll think they'll just get disappointed. And uh, so people start to avoid him. And it, it kind of reminds me, I, I have uh, several neighbors around my house, and I have one neighbor in particular that, um, you know, comes, uh, he's, they're more from the local faith here, but I don't even know if they're that connected there. But um, the whole time we've been living here for 15 years, 16 years, we've tried and tried to reach out to them, but they do not want to know us. And um, when uh, we used to have the pastor's dessert, some, uh, a couple times we'd have it right after church, and um, they would call the police on the cars parked out in front of our house. And um, finally, one of them, the, the wife came over to our house and she said, you know, you got to stop having this halfway house at your house. She goes, I see all the people with their tattoos and everything coming into your house. And, um, and they started calling us the Californicators, you know. And, the, you know, and then we've, we'd reach out and try to humble ourselves and try to connect with them because we're not loud or anything like that. Well, we're loud, but not to them. You know, we've got good insulation in our house. But... Um, I, I, I've often sat with Jody in the backyard and thought to myself and said to her, and don't, this is not to toot our horn, but I, it's just a, a fact. I said I, I said, I wonder if they, one day that they'll realize that some people live next door to them that really knew the living God, that really knew them. And this isn't to, I'm not trying to say, boy, look at my relationship with God. I'm just saying in my own mind, I know the Lord. And, and I think, I'm, I'm, I'm right next to you guys. You know, all the relationship and parenting issues and things that they've struggled with through the years. You know, help was so close by. Like we would have dropped everything to try to help them and be available to, in so many possible ways. And had a heart for them. Not in an arrogant way, just a 
of knowing God's word and the way that we could have helped them. And they could have seen so much life and they're right next to us, but yet they miss it. And, and I, I've said to Jody, I said, boy, you know, is there something we can say to them? Let's invite them over. And I've tried all kinds of ways. And, I, and I've tried conversations with, um, and every time it's, it's just like, hey, your church is never going to go anywhere. It's like, I don't even know you knew we had, we were part of a church. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, you know, it's just from the, and he just would criticize and criticize the, 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 the person, the, the dad. And the whole time, I'd be thinking to myself, dude, your life is in so much trouble. And we're right here. We're available. I don't care about your criticism. It, it, it's not like this bringing us down or we go home and go, man, the criticism. We just have a burden for you. I didn't say this, but this is what's going on in my mind. And I've tried so many things. And no matter what I've thought and what I've prayed, the situation has stayed the same. And that situation reminds me of how we could have access to the actual God. And we could talk to him, we can be intimate with him, and yet we sometimes just miss just our communication with him. And we miss out, I think, sometimes on the blessing, on the comfort and the peace we can have through hard times, that we don't have to be in the turmoil that we're in, we can find the peace of God. I also think that uh, people get hurt very often um, in various ways, and there's so much shallow conversation in humanity in general, in the population, um, from radio talk shows to um, you know just television depictions of family and the and the um, you know the sitcoms. It, and everything seems to be shallow. People sit around and they talk about, uh, you know, hey, you know, what's going on? What was he wearing? What was she wearing? And, and we've, how many would agree that our culture has become more shallow? Okay, and, and, I, and I think to myself, why God is not interested in, it's not that he's not interested in our shallow interests, but God is interested in the depth of our actual soul and personality who we are. He wants to know us. And he says often in the scriptures, turn to me and I'll turn to you. You know, open your heart to me. I I think one of the things that he loved about David was David was a transparent soul before him. He was authentic. And I just think it's just, I just want to encourage you to, to learn how to be yourself. We're in a shallow culture. Please resist it. Because people sometimes will reject authenticity or they won't know what to do with it. But I encourage you to be yourself. Amen? Amen. Because God is only interested in your true self, not in the fake part. Uh, You can fool everyone and pretend anything you want. But God knows your actual heart. He knows you. So, in light of what I just said, when I use the title, Seek Him First, I'm not talking about a prayer ritual where you go babbling on like you know the pagans do and think you're going to be heard by your many words, which is one of the scriptures that precursors mine. God is not interested in your big diatribe of the needs because you created such a fine list of all the things that you require of Him. That... Trust me, do you think the Lord does not know about the needs? How many know that the Lord knows what you need before you ask Him? Okay? He's interested in your communion with Him, your fellowship with Him, that we get by the blood of Jesus, so that we start to know His heart, and we expose our heart to Him, and that there's a closeness that happens, and then we get on the same page with His kingdom-mindedness, seeking first His kingdom, His righteousness, understanding who he is and that he wants a deep love relationship with him not because he's you know i need you to love me and you better love me god wants you to know him to know god is to love god you can't know god outside of loving him because when you're not loving god you're not seeing him for who he is because when you see his mercies you can't help but love him 
If, if you can't see his greatness, you can't help but praise him. Like you can't see, if, if we see cloudy and we don't see clearly, then we might go, God's this, and we might get angry and we get mad at this false God that doesn't exist. But when we see him for who he is, then there has to be naturally praise. Do I hear amen? Because you recognize him and you see him and you see what he's done and his provision and his character. I mean, have you ever sat down and just admired God's character instead of loathing your own? Are you you listening? Have you ever just admired who he is? How incredible he is? How pure he is? I mean, how his love is so incredibly pure and, uh, you know, undaunted, unfading, incorruptible, immortal, imperishable. His character of almightiness and all powerful, omniscience, all knowing, the, the creation of what he made, who he is, like his invention of this life that we have, the fact that he's eternal, does that not trip you out? Does that not make you want to put your weed down and realize that you can trip out on God totally straight? <laughs> Amen? And I'm serious. Because life, listen, if all there was was life and there was no God, I would be a drug addict. Plain and simple. I'd just go, I'm going to trip out because the normal life is boring. But now that I have God, I don't need that. Amen? Amen. Because God is actually pretty amazing. And a, a lot of times you may have situations that are so overwhelming. They're so daunting that you lose confidence in who the Lord is and you lose you start to look at yourself and look at your provision and your resources and what you have and how you're going to accomplish this and trust me I am just like you I do the same things but I also hear the call of the Lord draw me back to remind me that I should cease striving I need to be still and know that he is God he alone is the Lord I must really spit a lot because people sit back yeah. Okay. Uh, Matthew six one. Before I get into the heart of this, just to, it says, "Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father." You know, I, I want you to know that those scriptures aren't meant like, okay, you do it in front of everybody else, then you get no reward. It's, it's not, that's not the heart of the Lord. The heart of the Lord is everything that you do unto men will just have its reward unto men. And your heavenly fathers, that's not where the reward is. It's like seeking God first. How many love breathing in oxygen first? Do you enjoy it? Does it, does it feel good because it's keeping your body alive? And you go, man, I need it. I need to breathe. I need to breathe. You would only know it's missing until it gets cut off. You know? And so if you've ever been on a breathing machine and and your breathing's weak, you know that all of a sudden you go, gosh, I need this. I can't live without this. You don't realize how important it is. So when someone says, hey, you know, let's say you were dying and had no oxygen, and they say, you need to have oxygen first, buddy. You need to have it to live. You would go, oh, thank you. Oh, I can live. This is what this is. Seek God first. He is the life. This is where power comes from. This is where he's the breath of life. This is where joy comes from. It comes from our connection with God. Amen? All right. So let's get to the heart of it. Father, I pray you make these scriptures come to life. Lord, I I pray that uh, I wouldn't uh, just have empty words up here, Lord, that they would accomplish, Lord, what you want to accomplish in the people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jesus makes all the statements that I just mentioned before you about how you should pray and all those things, and I can't give over uh, context, but it's enough there. And he says, therefore, I tell you, say it with me, do not worry. Do not worry. It's, it's a really, it's a, it's a common statement by Jesus. Do not be anxious. 
you know, you're worried about heaven and hell, don't worry. I'm in charge of all that. You worried about the future? Don't worry. I got a lot of rooms. Your life? Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Just make your requests known to the Lord and bring them up there. That'll settle you down. It'll get, put your trust in the right place. Do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life. All the things that it consists of. What you're going to eat or your drink. Think about this. Your provision. Are we going to have enough? I, I, I so remember when God broke that in my life in a, in a real powerful way. And it became, it, and it was really, it was through a hardship. I was constantly trying to provide and I was worried because I was going to have kids and how I was going to pay for them and what about their schooling and what about all the things and I was just worried about it and the Lord little by little just taught me how to trust him he says if I'm going to call you into ministry Eric you're going to have to be someone who can trust me because a lot of people around you won't and I, and I just remember so he put me through all these hard situations until finally I, and I would always worry I'd worry then I'd worry and I'd worry and I thought worry had some value like I thought, I really thought it would help because I'd always worried and then eventually things would work out so the worry must be accomplishing something. Uh, has anyone ever thought that? <laughs> you know, and, and Jody, goes, Jody would tell me, she goes, Eric, you're addicted to worry. She goes, even if everything of your worries is answered, you find new things to worry about. Does any of you do that? You, you, wor- you worry about some stuff and it gets resolved and then, then you find some new things to worry about. You get, you get addicted to anxiety. And, and I remember when the Lord took it away and people would watch us walk through trials and they go, how come you're steadfast? And we'd look at them, smile, and go, because we know God's in charge. And they go, how do you know? You, you just know. Because he, he, he showed himself faithful every time. And so now we don't have to worry about that. We can just trust that he's going to work on that. Amen? So you don't need to worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, your body, what you're going to wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And if it is, then you don't need to worry about your life. That's his point. Do I hear amen? Amen. Who wants to let go of their worry right now? Raise your hand. Come on. This scripture ought to minister to you right now. Just say, Lord, I release my anxiety. I don't need to worry about my life. Whatever situation you have, you can let it go right now. Let it go. Let it go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that was really stupid. Oh. And then listen, listen to his analogy here as he gets to the heart. And this is, this is bring, bringing us to the heart of it. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. So he's going, look at the birds that are wild. They still seem to be around. You go into the, you climb up in the mountain, you see the birds. You're going, hey man, who's taking care of the birds? Is someone feeding the birds? Who's taking care of them? Do they have some account with Wells Fargo? (laughs) You know what I mean? Are, Are some of the birds on food stamps? You know what I mean? And he's saying, look at them. Look at them. That's his analogy. His analogy is look at them. Look at the birds. Look at them living. Look at the creatures. They seem to be taken care of. And then he says, and he makes this statement, and I hope you get it. Are you not much more valuable than they? Now, it's not that God is saying, I don't like animals. You know, I'm against the animals. And you guys all grew up with the animal planet and the love of the animals. But we are the only creatures made in the image of God. We're made in the image. We experience an emotional life. God experiences an emotional life. We understand the incredibleness of love and also hatred and fears and things that can be overcome those fears through the power of God because we're made in His image. We understand dreaming and creative thinking within the realm of our you know existence and our nature but are you not much more valuable than them think about it if the birds are being taken care of and they just live and they normally just find their provision don't you think that god's going to help you won't he 
I can't tell you how incredible this concept is. It is amazing to know this. Uh, my pastor, Stuart, who you guys, some of you have met, he is connected to one of his real good friends, has 10 kids, and they minister all over the world. They have for 25, 30 years now. They're, a lot of them are growing up. They have their kids, and they go into places and sing a cappella, and they're amazing. They're one of the first ones that, as Christians, sang in the Iraq palace and the Iranian embassy, I mean, the, the, their main uh, political area. And they came in, and they, no one stopped them because God's provision is on them. And they, Stuart goes, how do you do this with all your kids? How, how do you do this? And he goes, God's always taking care of us. He's always taking care of us. Wherever we go, he opens up doors and we walk through them. You know, we, we had a, a friend, Martin, who, who we, went to, we met in Holland when we were doing mission work over there. And he planted a church right on the battlefield. You know, during, you know, when the Yugoslavia, the former Yugoslavia was having the wars, kind of their civil war, separating them in, in Croatian and Serbian um, breakdowns. And I remember talking to him. He goes, what are you, I go, what are you doing? And he says, we're planning a church. And I go, where? And he goes, right at the center. He goes, of the battle. And that's what he did. They put up a church sign right there in the front. People were coming to Christ on both sides. Unbelievable. And I go, I go aren't you worried? He goes, oh, we got bombs flying all over the place. But you know what? God takes care of us. And this isn't something you do unless you're led by the Lord. Amen. Because God can take care of you. And he can also, you can lose things. And you can trust God in the midst of it. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, can any of you, by worrying, like through the, the method of worrying, can you add a single hour to your life? Can you make your life longer? Can you make it more robust? Does your worrying have some kind of spiritual power that you know of? Something that, that moves things forward? Is it just keeping you alive a little better? You know, it's like I start worrying, and now here it is, and let's find out how it's productive. Do you feel guilty for not worrying? Like, oh, I should be worrying. I'm worried about my kids. I've got to worry about them. Really? You have to worry about them. It's not okay that God would have you, instead of worrying for them, I got to worry about them. I got This is the right thing to do. I'm the mom. I'm the dad. I got to worry about them. Is it wrong for you instead to have faith for them? To have trust for them? To believe that God will do something? So many times Jesus says, and according to your faith, so let it be done. Let it be done according to your faith. That, that's assigning responsibility to you. That's saying, I, I want you to play a role in this. It's not that you can control everything by your faith. Some things are sovereign that are out of your control or in someone else's personal volition or choices. But there is still faith that overrides all those things. How many say amen to that? Amen. How many have already received something from this scripture? Several of you, good. He mentions the Lord's Prayer, and then he gets to this. And I, I want you to get this. For the pagans, the, the ones that don't believe, the ones that don't believe chase after all of these things. They run after provision. They run after, got to have more clothes. Got to make sure that we have enough for retirement. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with saving, but they're pursuing it. And you know, I got to make sure that, and they have all these lists of all these things. Say it with me. All these things. One more time. All these things. All these things. The pagans, the pagans run after this. Okay. That, that's a statement. Guess what? The ones that don't know me, they do this. And listen to what he says. And your heavenly father knows that you need these things. Like, I know, I know what the birds need. I know what the lilies of the field need. 
You know, it's the, I know the bees and the, and the flowers, they work together. There's a synergy there. It's a symbiotic relationship, a great proof against evolution, by the way. You know, that they just naturally just have this perfect relationship. Um, uh, the statistically, that's uh, impossible. We worry about clothes. We worry about provision. We worry about food. We worry about life. Your heavenly Father knows. Just, just say, turn to somebody and say, God knows what you need. Do you believe that? Just say it one more time. And they'll say, really? God knows what you need. He, he knows what you need. How about, how about emotionally, spiritually? Turn to someone and say, God knows what you need there too. He knows what you need. And this is his answer. This is his answer. This is where he is. And this is where we're going to go. And you've heard this scripture so many times. And, but I, I know the Lord led me here. This wasn't an easy pick for me. I know this scripture. Let's preach it. Do you know that I, on average, I, I prepare like two or three messages sometimes a week. And the Lord always goes, no, not there. I'm going, Lord, why did I waste my time? It's like, you didn't wait on me. That's yeah, true. I just went for it. And it's like, I knew the Lord brought me to this one. And listen, I want you to hear his answer because it's profound and it will change your day. It will change your year. It'll change your life. If you'll just listen to what Jesus says about all your worry, all my worry about our lives, about our provision, about our future, our value, how much he cares about us, how much he absolutely knows what you need. I don't care how daunting it looks. And if you think that the Lord is going to reward your doubting, he's not on purpose. Because there is a trust that he wants to build. And if you're doubting, don't deny it. Don't say, I believe in God, I'm believing. Don't say that. Just say, I'm doubting. I think you're lying. Just be honest with God. Amen? Because God can handle it. Plus, your sins are paid for. Did you know that? This is why we don't have to pray, oh my gosh, I got everything perfect. We pray in the name of Jesus. We come boldly entering the throne room in the name of Jesus. Here's his answer. You know what it is, but I'm going to say it anyway. But seek first. Seek first. If you will put those things on the back burner, take your calendar and chuck it in the trash. Start a new calendar. And and I'm not talking about those who don't live by these tight schedules because I don't. But the heart of it is make God first. Seek God first. Amen? Amen. But first, seek first his kingdom. We're going to talk about his kingdom. But it's not just that. It's his kingdom and his righteousness. And this is so critical because there's a lot of people who want to be right. I'm right about this. He's not talking about that. Righteousness is not just who's right. There's a righteousness that's deeper that's found in the kingdom. It's his kingdom and his righteousness. And say it with me, all these things. things. One more time. All these things. All these things. things. There's another scripture that says, anyone who has left mother or brother or house or any of these things, even their own life, you know what I mean? Their, Their pursuit of their life. He goes, they, they will not only receive in the future a heavenly thing, but also on this earth, I'll provide all those things. Isn't that a great promise? I have seen it. I have so many times looked around and said, what? I can't believe it, God. I can't believe you did this. And, and people are like, what'd you do? How'd you figure this out? And I go, I don't know. I had someone come talk to me. I was blessed by it. They said, they said, wow, you must be excited that the fruit of your labor in seeing the provision that God's done all these really cool things with your kids and stuff. And I said, yes, I'm super thankful for the grace of God. I'm super thankful for the grace. Can everyone say the grace? It's the grace of God. And if you're not there yet, you're not experiencing that grace in that way, trust me, trust God. Trust God. 
God knows how to answer prayer. God sometimes walks you through perseverance. We live in a tough world. But God is still God. He is absolutely just as big as God as he was in any other generation that he was God. He has not changed. Not that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same one. It, it might seem odd. If you're the first time at your church and you hear me talk to God, it might be weird to you that I'm actually talking to him often, even when I pray and stuff, like he's right here. Because he is. And that's how I talk to him every day and all the time because I know he's there. All these things will be given to you as well. If you understood this promise, you wouldn't have to be afraid of God. Because all these things, your heavenly father knows that you need them. The pagans are chasing after this stuff. Do you really want to waste your whole life doing that too? Boy, there's nothing greater than seeking the kingdom and then and letting go of those things of the world and then watching the Lord orchestrate your life and him taking care of things. He did that in my relationships. I see so many people chasing after love and being disappointed. Oh, I thought he was the one. I thought she was the one. They chase and chase. I'm so, I, I sat in a parking lot at De Anza Community College in our church when I was part of the church plant. I was the setup team, me and Lance Fortin, you know, him. His brother was the center of the Detroit Lions. And we were in a small church plant, maybe 30 people at the time, and it's grown. They've planted churches, and God's done all kinds of stuff. But at the time, I remember just being in the parking lot and the Lord telling me to give up Jody. I cared about her, and he told me, he just says, you care about her too much. And I said, he said, I need to be first. And I remember calling her up, and I said, I need to break up with you. And I was totally whipped on her. I was whipped. <laughs> Seriously, I was a whip. I was a little puppy dog. And I, and, and I loved God. But the Lord told me she was too important to me, and I broke up with her. And she got on her knees and cried. She goes, I can't believe it. And the minute I did... I was free because I had put God first. How many say amen? amen? And I just remember that the Lord, and can I tell you, Jody, it would have been a sad day for her to marry someone so weak that he put her above God. What a sad day that would have been for her at her wedding to know that she would marry someone so weak that they couldn't put God first. And I thought, that day, and I remember, I, I walked all the way home, and I just thought, okay, so I may not marry her. I love her, and that's just the way it's going to work. I'm going to trust you, Lord. And God freed me, and he just started expanding, and he goes, I'll provide everything for you. Uh, he, I goes, everything. And I was going, but Lord, what about my future? I was working in a recording studio, and I had let that go. And I remember the owner, uh, we are partners, he's going, what are you going to let this go? This is what you wanted to do. God told me to let it go. I was on my way a couple years later to Word Records. I got a jo- offered a job writing for Stephen Curtis Chapman and Michael W. Smith. I'm, I'm a pretty good writer. I've written for years and I've written lots of stuff. I, I got a job writing for them. All I had to do was get in the car and head to Brentwood, Tennessee. And the Lord said, no, I have better things for you. And you know what? Going back to Jody... When we finally met a couple days later and talked to him, the Lord just released me and he said, now you're free to love her the way you should. And we got right back together and got married. And it was way different than it would have been. And I wasn't the same man that I was. I didn't need to get the love from her so that I could survive. I got my love from God that I could give to her. And I could be a stature and I could become a tree that could give shade to others. And I could be a man of power and influence. And I could be the man who could be called by God and not be shattered when the storms come, but I could keep walking forward in the power of God. And trust me, this world is looking for something. 
looking for some people who might know God. And God is saying, you don't need to worry about your provision. I got this. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. His kingdom and his righteousness. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. I love this scripture. Do not worry about tomorrow. I like that one, but the next one I really love. Do not worry about tomorrow. Think about it. What about tomorrow? What about tomorrow? What about tomorrow? What about today? What about the things you can do right now? What about, you could pray for things tomorrow, but why be anxious about a day that's not even here? And I love this casual statement. It tells me God has a sense of humor. Tomorrow will worry by itself. <laughs> tomorrow, how's tomorrow going to happen then, Lord? Tomorrow will worry about itself. Like, I wonder if there's this creature named tomorrow. Hey, how you doing? I'm tomorrow. What are you doing? I'm worried about everything. <laughs> Don't worry about it. He's got it covered. Amen? Amen. Just say it. Say, tomorrow's got it covered. I'm going to think about today. And, and don't think it doesn't have trouble, because look what he says. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Right? Every day, you got challenges. Deal with the challenges. So, number one, let's get to the heart of the message. Jesus says, seek first. He is really big into the firsts. We come up here, and I, and I always, I, I, every time I sit there and I hear people, get, they do the offering thing. They don't realize how important it is. Because, and that's why I hate tying it to something. Oh, did you know that the church needs this? Or don't you think, you know, aren't we glad that we're doing Jesus feeds? Maybe we can help support that. And we need some benevolence to help other people. And, you know, I want to give my money to to kind of help some people, make sure that's a worthy cause. Man, I get it. You're so kind and generous. You're loving with a huge heart. But you're missing the point. The point is the money and your provision are God's. Amen? Amen. This is the heart of giving. It's a trust issue. Because as you give to the Lord first and your provision to Him first, then you become a resource into this world for God's provision. You start to put it where God wants it, and God goes, I'll give you so much more. I have so much more. There's so many things I'd like to do, and God uses you. Trust me, if you had a million dollars right now and bought your killer house and got all your killer stuff, you would still sit in the living room with your fancy new couch and still be you. You realize that? And you'll still worry about your cousin. You'll still worry about this. And you still won't have a boyfriend. And the same things apply. Do you understand that? It's not that. It's coming and bringing your life into a kingdom life. Into a righteousness that is not your own. Remember, the Jews tried to establish a righteousness of their own. And they refused to submit to God's righteousness, which is in Christ. They wouldn't accept the cross. Listen, heart first. Our treasure to him first. Eternity thinking first. Don't think earthly, think heavenly. Trust first. It's first. Seek first. This is meant to be a blessing to you. This is meant to change your life and it will change your life. It, it, will, it will give you so much peace to have God first. Why put yourself first? Aren't you terrible with your stuff? Right? Put God first in all these things. You know, it, it really, it, I mean, I tr- honestly, it saddens me. And I've met people through the years who have come up to me and go, hey, I want you to know I gave this to this. And I go, and you wanted me to know about it? Like, you blow it, man. It was a lot of money. I don't care. God, do you, do you, and I I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just trying to say, do you don't think God can provide for us? Of course he can. God gives us the right amount of money. I always tell couples with this when they try to work extra hours. I'm going to work more hours. Well, so your spouse will make less now? 
Because I, I believe God has an amount you're going to make, and that's what you're going to make. Hallelujah. Because you shouldn't work for the money anyway. You should work unto the Lord. I, I tell you, and I don't say this braggingly, but at every job I've ever worked, I was always the hardest working employee. Because I never worked for the boss. Didn't matter if he was a jerk, an idiot. Doesn't matter who he was. I would just work under the Lord. I always had a killer boss. Every job I've ever had, I had the best boss. Right? He took care of me. He took care of my retirement, especially my eternal retirement. Hey, man. All right. Jesus says, I have this complaint against you in Revelation. You don't love me, and I, I put the or each other because you can interpret that from that scripture. As you did at first, it's your first love. It's a love for one another. It's a love for him. You, you, remember how you used to love me? It was the first love that you had. Remember when you first came to me and that love was rich? You go, God is alive. I can't believe it. And then the hardening of life hits you. Trust me, it's hit me. The disappointment of people hits you. The disappointment of outcomes hits you. And then your heart starts to melt and you start to lose the confidence in it. And God says, and, and trust me, this church, you know what they said? They go, man, he goes, he goes, man, you guys work hard. You stood up for my name. You, you didn't tolerate, you know, the conventional wickedness. And guess what? I still hold this against you. You don't know me. You don't love me. You know, you know that whole scripture where it says, you know, enter through the narrow road that leads to life. You know, come, come to Jesus. And he's saying, because there's going to be a lot of people who said, we did all kinds of spiritual things in the streets. You saw us. And he goes, man, but you didn't know me. And I'm not talking about, just I need to know God better. You didn't come to Christ where it, the relationship was became reality. And, and then... Think about it. Now us in that relationship, shouldn't we pursue the God who saved us and delivered us and healed us? Do you want, and I'll just ask you the question, do you want to know him? Do you want to seek him? Do you want to live in this life at peace and trusting him with provision and life and your heart and your relationships? Or do you think he's up there and he's going to go, I'm going to really mess you up when you do it? Because he's not. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first his kingdom. I want to just say a few things. Whose kingdom? His kingdom. It's his kingdom. It's not just in heaven, like over there is heaven and then here's earth. And I know the scriptures say, you know, heaven is his foot's chair and, you know, the earth is his footstool. But but trust me, his, his feet aren't going this big long thing. He's just saying, you know, he, he, can, he, can, he can walk and tread here, but he can rest there. You know, the, the kingdom is within us. Did you know that? You know, this is, this is why I'm a kingdom now. I think the kingdom is active now. The scriptures overwhelmingly support it. The kingdom of God lives in you. Amen? Amen. Jesus said many times with his disciples and people that came to him, and he said, you know, the kingdom is right near you. About 18 inches away is the kingdom right here. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God, I quoted this a few weeks ago, unless he is born again by the Spirit. The kingdom is spiritual. Listen, the Lord, it is sovereign. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. The kingdom is in charge. Did you know that? Amen? The kingdom is in charge. It is over things. You might be in a situation and you're going, man, the world is just taking over. It's so strong. It can't end. No, it's not. Nothing out of God's provision is released. God is in charge. Amen? Amen. This is why the fear of the end times is such a false doctrine. Jesus says, do not be anxious. Watch out. Don't fear. He says it over and over again. And then what do you see on Christian TV? It's going to be happening. I don't watch Christian TV, baby. It's not on anymore. I don't know. But, you know, this is going to happen, and you got to be this. And then we look so stupid. I'm sorry. We look so stupid to the world. They look at that, and they're not attracted to it. You know why? Because it's not the Lord. Why? The Lord's not saying, can you imagine the Lord coming here and he goes, I want you guys all to be afraid of the future. 
can't know what's happening with the Republican and the Democrat parties right now. It's so worrisome. The Antichrist is rising. Watch out. John says there's Antichrist. There's always been Antichrist. They're all over the place. In fact, anyone who denies that Jesus is the Christ is the Antichrist. And you know, even when he personifies the Antichrist, he says, don't worry. He say with me, say, don't worry. Don't worry. Have, faith. Have faith. Rise up. Listen, what is wrong with putting off the worry and instead trusting God? The Lord has established his throne. He is sovereign over all. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. And think about this, and this is why maybe you can't hear, because he says, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. The non-believer will not get this message. And I, I sometimes meet people who go to church and they would say, yeah, I'm a Christian. And I said, where's your hope? And when they tell me what their hope is, it's not Christ. Their hope's in themselves. It's in their, you know, cold storage. You know, it's seriously, it's in all kinds of things. It's in their, and then they wonder why their kids would hate that. Do you think if Jesus Christ were here and walked into this room that you would be attracted to him, who he is? Because you would. None of his appearance. He wouldn't have the stylish Jesus TV movie look. The Bible says that there was nothing in his appearance that attracted to him. He was kind of ugly. Seriously. This is not an insult. There was nothing, nothing in his appearance that attracted to him. Okay? Means it's no like, hey, he's got nice eyes. Or boy, he's got a cool cheekbones. Boy, look at that jaw. He's a real leader. It just says that his presence draws us to him. How many people, if Jesus came right here and stood right here, how many would want to just walk up and just touch him, touch his feet? How many would want to just move forward and worship him? Do you think this would be his message? The Republicans and the Democrats are having so much problems right now. There's a lot of worry. We need to store up and we need to retreat. We need to back up. This is Jesus talking. Verily I say unto you, run, run, run away. <laughs> and, and don't try to be influencers in the world. Because we'll be overcome by the world and it's really hard. And, I, and I'm so sorry. And the church is going to shrink to nothing. And hell will prevail in the end. Bye. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that we allow a message other than the message of the word going out in power and truth? That, of course, no one in the world is going to respect this pathetic message because it's not from God. God is the one that says, my kingdom come. I come in power. Look for me and say, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. But the pseudo church is fearful in shrinking. It's not seeking first the kingdom, the kingdom and its power, its righteousness. It's seeking an earthly kingdom and trying to win votes. I don't know who's going to get elected, but I promise you, your life's only going to change so much. But if you'll do seek first, your life will change more than any politics will ever change anything. You seek first his kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. Yeah, but will I get the right provision? Will I get tax right off number 49B, section 6, according to the Democratic Platform Reform? No! Maybe you will, maybe you won't. The money will come out of fish's mouths, and they'll come out of miraculous places. Because the God you serve is God. Seek first. Give first. Your heart first. Serve first. All these other things, all these things will be given to you as well. (laughs) This is what the kingdom is like. A man scatters skeed on the ground. Listen to this. This, I love Jesus. You want to know what it's like? What's the kingdom like? Tell us what it's like. (laughs) It's all about voting. No. No. This is what it's like. 
And I'll tell you what it's like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. (laughs) All by itself, the soil produces grain. Have you realized that? Have you realized that sometimes, no matter how stupid we are, that God continues to work? Have you ever just woken up from a stupid spell and all of a sudden realized that God still worked? Because he says, even when you're faithless, I remain faithful because I cannot disown myself. I have to stay true to who I am. You want to know what the kingdom of heaven? What's it like? Tell us about the kingdom. I had this vision and Jesus was there and it was all kinds of ice cream and there was and, and I had this big vision and I wrote a book. It's sixteen ninety five, please purchase it, and I'll give you a lock of my hair and I'll put some boogers in there, they'll be mine. And I'll give you all this stuff. It's gonna be authentic. Or you could just take what Jesus says. This is what the kingdom is like. A man scatters a seed on the ground. Can, can everyone just do this? Grab the seed. And everyone go like this. Hey, man. Because now, let me tell you what's going to happen. That's throw all your worries away. Put your life in God's hands. Throw the seed on the ground. Because night and day, whether you sleep or whether you get up, the seed's going to sprout and it's going to grow and you're not going to know how. Because it's the Lord. And all by, the, by itself, the soil is going to produce grain. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, okay? I said it before, so I won't say it a lot, but the religious establish their own righteousness. They go, this is our creative righteousness, the way we've interpreted it, and that's what our standard is. And, I, and t- I'm telling you right now, you could go on the theological websites from different groups that are going, well, this is the this is set of code of righteousness. No, no, this is the set of code of righteousness. You're really going to rely on all your mental interpretations of this one or that one to try to get it. What about the actual Holy Spirit who lives in you that, that the Bible talks about that says, I will bring you into truth. I will guide you into all truth. Yes, he can use the word. I'm not going to dismiss theology. I'm just going to say you can overdo it and overthink it. How do you think people who aren't as smart can find the Lord and still find righteousness? I know plenty of young people that have Asperger's or autism or some, some kind of mental disability, and they have a way sweeter heart in the Lord than I have because God's the one working in them. Paul says it this way, I want to be found in him. By the way, say this, say his kingdom. kingdom. Say his righteousness. Whose? His. I want to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own. Okay, think about this. I don't want a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, how I observed the law, how I did this or I didn't do this, but that which comes through faith that's the word pistis or pistuin belief it's believing but by believing in Jesus the righteousness from God that depends on faith okay I delight greatly in the Lord in the Old Testament my soul rejoices in my God for he has clothed me he clothed me he put clothes on me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. And guess what? All these things, we seek his kingdom, we seek his righteousness and his righteousness first. Everyone say first. 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 If you do it second, it's not the same. I can't overemphasize this enough. You know, I, I tell parents all the time, teach your kids to obey you the first time. Because if it's the second time, it's not obedience. It's just intimidating. You'll start intimidating. You'll start yelling at them. You'll do all kinds of things to get them to do it. You teach them how to respond the first time. I, I tell you, just growing up, I just, Rebecca, I need you just to know my voice. When I call you, you understand my voice because one day it's going to be the Lord calling you. 
right now is using me in there. But you need to understand him. Guess what? You seek him first, his kingdom, his righteousness, number four, and we still get all these things. And all these things. This is his answer. Seek first. Don't second, I did this, all this stuff, now I'll seek him. It's not like you're losing it, but reset your life. Seek God first. Seek God first. When you make decisions, don't go, what's the best decision? Let me get my paper. Here are the pros and all the cons. Just take that paper. You can throw it out. Lord, what do you want to do? Speak to me. Learn his voice. How do you know the Lord's voice? Because I do this. I don't do the pros and cons because all the pros can look really good. I'll get this. I'll have more money. I'll get this. It'll be freer. It'll answer what I want. It'll answer everything I want. It's this one. No. You can write them down then put them down and go, Lord, which one? And then you go, Lord, which one, A or B? And God's always consistent. He goes, D. <laughs> right? How many have walked with the Lord for a while? Right? It's letter D. <laughs> all these things, all these things will be given to you as well. All these things. Say it with me. All these things. All these things. All these things. But what about the jet ski? All these things will be given to you as well. But, but are we going to have savings? Don't store away in barns. Trust me. All these things will be given to you as well. So, number five, last point. So stop worrying. Okay? Stop worrying. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We live in today and we trust God. Listen, how many want to live a life of seeking God first? Just say amen. Amen. Father, I thank you. I'll just have our... um, base camp team come forward sorry that I went over time if you need prayer in this to submit your heart and we'll have some people that you can pray for if not I'll pray for you Ira you want to come up forward here if you will Father I thank you for your power and your incredible trustworthiness Lord I know because I've experienced Lord where at times where it doesn't look like been walking with you long enough now, almost 30 years. Lord, where I, I've seen the times where I haven't seen you, you still were there. And you always brought the right outcomes. Because you're trustworthy, you're faithful. I want you to borrow from my faith here. Just say, I heard faith. Faith comes by hearing. I just spoke it. person. Can I just ask you to give that up? It's not going to work. It never works. Because the answer is not in you. It's in God. So you say, Lord, this is everything I've had so far is the faith I have. Increase it for me. Show me how to access it. Show me how to trust you. Some of you may have um, a situation or a loved one that you need prayer for right someone in your family or a friend that's going through a hard time and and you cannot see God's provision but I encourage you right now ask God clearly ask him exactly what you want him to do right now just say it just say Lord I would like you to do this I'm just going to give you a moment speak it right now just say Lord would you please be as genuine as you can be yourself Ask him what you need. And then would you do this by faith? Would you thank him? And say, Lord, thank you that you are going to do what I ask. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. And Lord, if our minds are not thinking the right things, we're drifting off or not praying according to your will, reestablish our thinking. Not our will, but your will be done in this. But I believe that God answers. Can I answer the very prayer that you prayed? You're already living by faith. You just heard a message on faith. You were in the spirit when you asked it. 
You're in the crowd of witnesses that are here. And God's going to come through and he's going to show you that he's God. Don't doubt. Don't doubt him. Don't doubt him. It's unnecessary. Don't worry. It won't help. Do what you can today. Pray for what you need to pray today and then let it go. Cast your cares on the Lord. Put a smile on your face and walk in power and faith and trust that God's got tomorrow taken care of because it's worrying on its own. And Father, we just commit it to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I hope you got something out of today because I really believe God wanted to speak to you. How many say amen? Amen. God bless.